You're listening to Love and War with David Harwood. This is a weekly podcast where David offers spiritual insights that are aimed to enhance your relationship with God, yourself, and others. If you are edified by what you hear, please recommend this podcast to people you love. Now, here's David. Before building the first floor of a new home, contractors wait until the poured concrete is at least halfway cured. I don't want to rush ahead in presenting and applying more truths. We have been looking at these foundational identity matters, child, brother, friend. That is who you are to the one who abides in you. It is the Spirit of God himself who reveals these truths. Faith-filled humility dictates that you wholeheartedly agree with these descriptions. As you put down false perceptions and pick up his evaluations, the foundation of a solid inner narrative begins to settle and become stable. Bowing to God's declarations of who you are and receiving these realities is part of the initial process of examining and discerning what is pleasing to the Lord. Ephesians 5:10b. Usually, an exhortation to repent and submit to the Lord's instruction is connected with turning away from something the hearer likes and embracing something they dislike. For instance, the thief likes stealing more than he likes working. Look at Ephesians 4.28. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. What these essays are urging is that you yield to something that is ennobling, positive, relationally enhancing, and true. You are to build your inner narrative, your heartfelt personal story, viewing yourself in the relational roles of a child to a father, a brother or sister to a brother, and a friend to a friend. Furthermore, you are to evaluate yourself charitably encouraging yourself as you would encourage someone you cared about. You are to imitate God in the way you perceive yourself. You are loved as you are and in the process of being shaped by your Creator into the full glory of these identities. Since you've heard the previous meditations, you must have prayed that your words and innermost meditations concerning yourself would give God's indwelling presence joy. Since this is so, you may righteously expect help in apprehending these identities. I know this may get so repetitive that it may tend to be overlooked, but just consider this prayer, Psalm 19:14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. What a prayer! Consider the nature of the Holy One who dwells within you and is working from within your soul. The Lord has become your stability, rock, and the one who rescues you, redeemer. 
Paul told his disciples to take seriously the fact that it is God himself who is working in them. Philippians 2, 12b-13 Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work within you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He is working in you, and he will strengthen your words and thoughts that please him. Our task is to cooperate. We do not want to frustrate God's enabling favor. It is possible to do so. 1 Corinthians 15, 10b His grace toward me did not prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them. And 2 Corinthians 6, 1b We also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. How might we guard against nullifying our experience of God's grace in these identity matters? We really do need grace. One way enabling favor, a form of grace, is imparted is through God's word. Paul spoke of the word of God's grace which, when received, is able to build you up. Acts 20, 32a. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up. Let's briefly reconsider the standard for our inner speech. Notice again how God's word is able to impart favor to those who hear it. Ephesians 4:29. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Your inner dialogue can build you up. Some truths may be taken for granted, but when seriously considered, they can make a significant difference in our lives. Please concentrate on these elementary truths of your relationship to God. You're a child to a father a brother or sister to a brother, and a friend to a friend. Let's work towards getting these matters settled. Advance. Here are some basic biblical instructions about spiritual growth. First of all, progress takes effort. 1 Timothy 4:15. Take pains with these things, be absorbed in them, so that your progress will be evident to all. None of us have arrived. Philippians 3:12. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on. We need to grow. Jesus did. Luke 2:52. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Some aspects of truth are gentle and nourishing. Now hear this. It is not a cop-out to concentrate on them. 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3. Like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. We are called to concentrate on the king's kindness. How unexpected. We can grow through spending time meditating upon truths that comfort. It is like mother's milk to a baby. As you digest his kindness through his revelations of who you are, 
you will grow. We do ourselves a disservice if we expect instant change. There is no doubt that we can cross a threshold in our inner narratives, but the renewing of our minds takes time. The following is a commonly applied formula concerning spiritual warfare. I will send hornets ahead of you so that they will drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites before you. I will drive them out before you little by little until you become fruitful and take possession of the land. I will fix your boundary from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines and from the wilderness to the river Euphrates. You shall make no covenant with them or with their gods. Exodus 23 verse 28, 30 to 31 a 32. The big truths contained in small but profound biblical re-understandings are like hornets designed to drive out what would resist the actualization of your true inner narrative. It is God who determines the perimeters of who and what you are to him. As you are faithful in the words of your mouth and your heart's deepest thoughts, you will bring your soul into harmony with the God who is truth. It may be that you have made agreements with harmful inner narratives. They are like covenants. In the name of Jesus, renounce any covenants with these types of thoughts. Conquering Strongholds View this transformative process as if it were a military campaign. Paul wrote that we are involved with a prolonged spiritual conflict. We are waging war, not encountering sporadic skirmishes. We are laying siege to fortified lies. I think the complete Jewish Bible gives the best translation of 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4. Listen to this. It gives the sense of a military campaign similar to Israel's conquest of Canaan. The weapons we use to wage war are not worldly. On the contrary, they have God's power for demolishing strongholds. Canaan's city-states were often like fortresses. Our mental strongholds are similar. We are called to demolish our inner lies, defenses, conquer rotten thought patterns, and consolidate the gains. If you have begun to more thoroughly integrate the truth of who you are into your inner narrative, then I encourage you to take your stand in the ground you've gained. Ephesians 6, 13b to 14a, having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. Ground has been gained. You must defend it. To review, the process is expose and reject the lies, replace them with truth, consolidate and advance. Go forward. There's more land to be possessed, more strongholds to be destroyed. There are more opportunities to give God's presence pleasure through your words and meditations. How can you go forward? First, consolidate. The familiar tends to be comfortable. Change often feels awkward. 
Transitioning from living with lies to living in truth is like Israel's exodus from Egypt to the promised destination. Israel was more comfortable in bondage. You may need to take stock of your soul's apprehension of your true identity. This may be a new word, soliloquy. A nuance of this word is to have an inner conversation wherein you interrogate yourself. I encourage you to be bold and honest. Trust the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Ask yourself the following. With which true identity do you relate to most easily? Child, brother, or friend? Which of these true metaphors causes your heart to respond favorably most frequently? Child, brother, or friend? Get the answer for yourself. Expose yourself to the truths revealed in these biblical relational pictures. Work with that description by repeatedly bringing it to mind. Cause it to be the subject of your inner dialogue and should you find yourself slipping into what we refer to as rotten inner speech, rehearse the truth. Do it again. Ask the Lord for clarity and power. Be diligent. This is going to be good. Pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for bringing me into a deeper realization of my true identity. Grant that your Holy Spirit would strengthen me in my resolve to adjust my words and meditations that I might freely give your presence pleasure. Help me recognize and renounce all ungodly views of my relationship to you. Help me identify any strongholds that are hindering my apprehension of these truths. I want to grow. Like a newborn baby, I long for the pure milk of the word. Like a newborn baby, I long for the pure milk of the word, a revelation of your kindness towards me. Like a newborn baby, I long for the pure milk of the word, a revelation of your kindness towards me, so that by receiving this, I may grow in respect to salvation. Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day. Abba, let the words I speak and my heart's deepest thoughts give your presence pleasure. Psalm 51, 10-12 Create in me a clean heart, O God. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Amen. 
So, Lord, let the words of our mouths and our hearts' deepest thoughts give your presence pleasure. Love and War is written and presented by David Harwood. Editing is by David and Sammy Avino, who is also the producer and technical advisor for the podcast. David is the pastor of Restoration Fellowship in Glencove, New York, and the author of the books God's True Love and For the Sake of the Fathers. To purchase copies of David's books, please go to loveofgodproject.org. The theme song for this podcast is Skirmish, from the album Combustion, which was written and performed by Leonard Jones. Additional episodes of Love and War can be downloaded on the Podbean app or through iTunes. For more information on Love and War, Restoration Fellowship, God's True Love, or For the Sake of the Fathers, visit us on restorationfellowshipny.com, loveofgodproject.org, book.forthesakeofthefathers.com, or you can follow us on Facebook at Restoration Fellowship NY, Love of God Project, Love and War DH, and For the Sake of the Fathers. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email David at loveandwar underscore dh at yahoo.com. As always, please remember to share Love and War and support us by leaving a positive review on iTunes and Podbean.